Richard and Melissa, and we want to just really talk about your experience in the public speaking classroom, and you are both users of Pops Classroom as well, and hopefully for the better that has impacted your all's classroom, so we could talk about that and, and really just, in general, how you feel about teaching public speaking. Uh, so I'll, I'll start with you, Richard. Okay, well, uh, I've been teaching for about 10 years now. Uh, one of the things that I try to explain in my classes right at the very beginning is it, it's the public speaking classes are a requirement for every student who comes through the university. So uh, people who are engineers or whatever sports administration majors, sometimes it's difficult for them to realize why they're required to take that class. So one of the things I try to impress upon them, if you look at uh, some of the most successful people in the world, typically they are people who have really excellent presentation skills. Right. And to some degree it's that, uh, you know, there are people who are talented at it, you know, have, just have a natural ability, uh, just like there are natural musicians. But uh, um, nearly everybody, just like everybody, could be taught to sit down and play a scale on the piano. Uh, everybody can can be taught the skills that it takes to deliver a, a competent presentation. So, right. uh, I think uh, this they may not realize it at the time, but I think this is one of the most valuable classes a student can take. So. That's definitely what I found as an engineering student. You definitely don't think about engineers itching to take their public speaking course. Right, uh, had a big impact on me. Yeah, at, at some point you're going to have to stand up in front of a client or a your boss or whoever and explain why why it is you want to do things a certain way or what the value of your idea is. So. Right. So is that what got you passionate and interested in going down this path and becoming this educator? I think so. Uh, a lot of it was just I love teaching. I love, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier today, but uh, when you're talking about something in class or you're trying to impart something to a student and two weeks later they do what you told them to do it's just really kind of an awe-inspiring experience right. yeah they actually listened to me and uh, it took it to heart so and it's, it clicks with them and you uh, see that right, on their face right. i guess yeah so and then it's uh it's opened up a lot of other opportunities for me once uh, people find out that you teach public speaking or you have a little bit of experience in it then uh, those opportunities tend to come your way. So I've had a couple of different uh, uh, opportunities to go deliver presentations here and there that uh, right. you know, I really enjoy. So. Even as small as being asked to come on a yeah, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you, Melissa? What got you interested or why are you passionate about <laughs> teaching public speaking? So I started teaching a few semesters ago and have experience in the corporate world through consultation um, that I've done, coaching, and so generally the, the way I work is with small teams or even individuals kind of from a coaching perspective. So um, part of what I found difficult in the classroom was really getting that sort of interpersonal like one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. contact. Um, so my approach is really Yes, to share the rules of thumb and sort of the framework and best practices, but to really help students find their authentic voice and style within that. And so the freedom within that framework is really kind of what I try to pull out. And so what I found is 
there's not a lot of time to do that, to, you know, set up appointments with everybody. Uh, but the POPS classroom system has allowed me to share comments on specific pieces and make sure that we're um, connecting on that and they can come back in and comment on my comment. Right. Um, or I can encourage, you know, you heard what I said last time. Great job, you know, with that, taking that feedback and running with it. Um, so that's that's been really useful for my particular style since, again, I don't have the time to right. have one-on-one -on -one meetings with each student on a weekly basis. Well, that's awesome to hear. That's really our, our goal with it, I think, is not to necessarily change what you're doing, but to enable you to do what you'd like to do and not spend so much time uh, grading papers, for example. I don't. I didn't hear either of you mention that as a reason right. for getting into this. <laughs> no, no. Well, and kind of building on what Melissa said, uh, the uh, you know software and business practices and enterprise solutions these days are moving to the cloud. So the ability to sort of be able to sit down anywhere and access your assignments and access the the feedback and input and so forth. Um, is really, it's a great time saver, and I think that's just the way society is moving these days. So, Great. Uh, so you kind of mentioned that was sort of your most difficult part of the class is making that personal connection. What would you say would be your most uh, trying thing within the course of the semester? Hmm. Um, I guess really probably just trying to make it entertaining enough to capture the students' attention. So right. um, I have a repertoire my own experiences and stories and examples and stuff that I use, so uh, right. that kind of helps. Yeah. I bet if you can say, you know, I'm not just up here telling you what to do, I've done this, and right. you know, don't just, seems like a lot of times you, you hear, do as I say, not as I do in the classroom, but if you can be authentic and, and show that I'm using these things I'm trying to teach you, I think that's great. Right, right. Another challenge, <laughs> speaking of challenges in the classroom, uh, has been as somebody who has lots of clients kind of all over the place and doing, you know, doing lots of different things from day to day. Um, I think it would be really, really difficult to keep track of emailed assignments, hard copy assignments. Uh, and so in the cases where, you know, students have missed that or felt compelled to send me something, it's just been, you know, really, really difficult to keep track of all that. And so uh, now having the system where, you know, yes, go submit it here. I can always go back and see when you submitted it, what it looked like, what my comments were, uh, and know that it's all in one place and easy for me to sort and find even for the archived classes, that's been really helpful. Um, so there's been several instances where I've um, been working with a student and been able to say, you know what, I have a really good example from last semester of what that looked like. Let me, you know. That was one of the challenges I faced when I first started teaching was I'm not really a very organized person anyway. So when you take paper assignments, they're headed out the door so they leave a paper on your desk and so you have a big stack of papers and you stick them in your your bag or briefcase or whatever and then two weeks later the student says well I gave it to you and well I don't have it you know so it's uh, kind of just becomes a he said she said sort of a thing so uh, the ability to sort of have everything centralized and there's a record and uh, it's all there you can go and look at it at any time it's really eliminates a lot of those issues that seem to pop up mm -hmm. and we've heard from some well you know I could do that on blackboard I can have everyone turn everything in electronically, and yes, you can, but the difference, I think, with what our approach has been is this is all specifically designed for a public speaking classroom. You've got 
everything from the preparation to delivery and the review from a student and an instructor perspective. And that brings it all together in a way where hopefully you know, you're giving them feedback, they'll take that and apply it because it's literally right next to where they're actually creating that work. Uh, so to me, that's the differentiator between kind of a learning management system and what Pops Classroom is. It's not just a big storage warehouse, it's that, but that enables you to work and review all in the same place. Yeah. And Blackboard and any of the other dozen learning management systems that are out there are good for what they do, but they're sort of built in to be applicable to any uh, course or any field. So, right. they're not, you know, you can use it for chemistry or physics or business or whatever. So it doesn't really reinforce some of the things that's specific to the material that you're specifically teaching. Right. Now, uh, I know you've taught before you used Pops Classroom and originally right. Student Sheet. Uh, uh, did you teach before using the application, public speaking? No, so not okay. public speaking. Okay. Well, interesting perspective. So mm -hmm. I was going to ask, one of the, the things that I think I find most interesting is the ability to give the quick response feedback from everyone in the room. Did you have your students give peer feedback before using that? No, I didn't. And actually, um, I think that was the one of the features that when it was introduced, I was like, yeah, um, because I just saw the value immediately in it. Um, and what I would do, well, what I was doing, everything was paper-based before. Mm -hmm. so Or they would do it in a Word document and submit it by Blackboard. But I would have one student critique another student, maybe for one speech. Right. And uh, it was sort of an awkward, you know, you had to assign everybody, you know, draw numbers or whatever it is. You're going to critique this person, that person, and so forth. So, uh, uh, and, and we did it for one speech, and it was sort of, they would turn it in a week later, so it wasn't really uh, relevant to actually what happened during the speech. So, uh, the thing about POPs is the ability to, sort of randomized critiquers, so, uh, you know, it's all, you know, done in just a second, and they can do it in real time, so when they complete their assessment, the speaker sees the assessment, and I, one of the key values of that, for one, a lot of times the other students are a lot more detailed in their critiques right. than I really have time to be, because they're only critiquing one person, I'm critiquing maybe 24 at a time, right. and, uh, not only that, it tends to reinforce, if I say, uh, well, this is something maybe you, you, you did this very well and maybe this you need to work on a little bit. If a student says that, one of their peers says that as well, I think it reinforces. Their, they know that I'm just not blowing smoke or making something up. So Right. And they hear it from someone who is, you know, same sort of person they are, right, same right. age, same background maybe, uh -huh. and... Uh, Obviously, it just it helps hearing it from up here. Right, right. Have you enjoyed that aspect of yeah, feedback? Yeah, in that way, it makes me feel like, you know, they're yeah. not just hearing it from me and knowing that I have, you know, specific pet peeves or ways to look at it. They're, you know, they're getting it either reinforced or getting another perspective, which yeah. has been really nice. Um, and just having them uh, with a, an eye towards those questions, sort of the immediacy of that in the classroom has been really helpful to know that they are thinking about it through that lens. Right. And 
So for me, rather than just do it for one speech and then it's due a week or so after the speech is delivered, I do it for every speech and they, they do it in real time as the person is speaking. So they get that feedback immediately. And I'll, with, with my own, I'll sit on it for a week to, uh, or a couple days just to maybe go back and review and look over my comments and stuff. So they're getting immediate feedback and then they're getting from me, feedback from me a couple days or a week later that kind of that works all together. Right. Now, do you both have uh, students do self-reviews as well? Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Do you have them video their speeches in class? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, so it's really easy for me to go in and have it play, you know, on the same screen. I can watch the video and also sort of take my notes and save it and then come back to it. Um, so again, I don't have to worry about having, you know, post-its everywhere, <laughs> documents right. in certain places. Um, it's all it's all right there, yeah. and then I know I can come back to it before I submit it. Sometimes you miss something that, uh, yeah, or if, you know, you mark that maybe you weren't clear on your preview and then the student says, well, I thought I was clear on it. Then you can go back and review it. Sometimes they are correct and you missed it. and Other times they maybe they missed it. So uh, it reinforces that. But uh, I always tell the students that the most difficult aspect of the class is going to be watching yourself do a presentation mm-hmm. and then critiquing it because yeah. they, they, they can find that painful sometimes. So. I found it painful, but <laughs> it was also the thing that, you know, just like hearing it from a peer, helps seeing it right. from yourself I think that's yeah. and, and a lot of times there are things that people do when they're speaking that they're just not aware of yeah. they're maybe they're swaying back and forth or people tapping on the podium or something like that or people with longer hair like me tend to play with their hair or mm-hmm. something or you know so uh, pointing that out making them aware of it see, see here you know maybe that's a little bit distracting uh, it I think it helps make them aware of that for the next speech right do I think your classes are face-to-face this semester, right? I do both. I have a okay. one online and two face-to-face. Okay. And do you? Both of mine are face-to-face. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you taught an online course? No, I sure okay. haven't. So I have experience teaching, not public speaking, but doing other facilitations and teaching okay. through corporate America. Uh, so how do you find it different or similar teaching online or in face-to-face because you have some people and I've talked to some that think the idea of an online public speaking course is you know it's crazy but <laughs> well uh, now when we when I first started doing the online courses uh, we would meet on campus three times a semester for them to deliver their presentations right. uh, in class um, we sort of started gravitating a little bit towards uh, all completely online because there are situations where uh, somebody's trying to finish their degree and maybe they're in the military. I've had people in a foreign country who were in the military and trying to finish their degree. So there's just no way they can get to campus or, you know, you know, working mothers or people who travel a lot or something like that. So um, having the ability to record your speech and put it online, uh, it, well, for one, it allows them to do it remotely, and it also allows their peers to look at it too. So right. you retain that aspect of it. So that's been one thing that it's kind of just come out of this, this happenstance because we really focused on when we started Pop's Classroom for the face-to-face courses, mm-hmm. but then when it started being used in online courses, we saw that it, in some ways, is even better for online because it brings everything together in a way that is even more difficult when you right. don't have that face-to-face. Uh, 
we can enable that kind of feedback there, that's even better. Right, right. And there are a lot of people who maybe they started their degree and something, you know, life happened and they they had to let it go and they're wanting to come back and finish it up. So it uh, it just smooths the pathway out for them. So. All right. Well, um, is there anything else that you all wanted to say about whether it's POPS classroom or just your classes? If I know we kind of skimmed over that in the beginning, but just in general about public speaking or that you would want to get across in this? or Well, I think something I said at the beginning was that, um, like I said, there, there are natural gifted speakers who just can stand up there and wing a speech like that off the top of their head. But uh, everybody can learn the basic skills that it takes to deliver a presentation. And there are examples that uh, they go to of successful people that one of my favorites is Steve Jobs' commencement address at Stanford mm -hmm. in 2005. And he, uh, not 100%, but very closely follows the format in which we teach, you know, presentation skills, the sort of three main point format. Um, but uh, once they once they get through the semester or even get through a couple of speeches and realize, hey, you know, this isn't as frightening as I thought it was, I think... Uh, it improves their confidence in public speaking, but also I think improves their overall confidence. So. Right. Yeah, I think that's something I usually mention and kind of share my philosophy early on in the semester that the expectation is not that everybody walks away, you know, being a professional public speaker. We're not professional public speakers, um, but that we don't want this to get in the way of your ideas and achieving the things you want to achieve. So right. we want to, you know, think about the anxiety built up with that and then also just kind of some foundational skills and some competencies so you know you've got something to pull on, you know, a couple of years from now when you start working and, you you know, you have right. to get up in front of people. And, and once you really start thinking about it, uh, no matter what field they're going to go into, there is at some point they're going to be required to stand up in front of a group of people it, you know maybe it's in business maybe they're you know want a street light at the end of their street and they're going to talk to the city council or something like that but right. uh, all sorts of uh, uh, opportunities that are going to come up where you know the words that are your ability to get up and deliver a presentation is going to have an impact on your life or right. your your society or whatever so well, that's one of the things we've tried to get across in the POPs community is the power of public speaking isn't necessarily something that just pertains to standing up in a lectern and giving a presentation to a, right. a sitting room. It could be an interview even. And it's if you can communicate well, it's we interviewed someone on our podcast. They said it was the magic bullet. It's the thing that can really set you apart and open doors. And that's what we try to highlight. Right. Well, I... One of the classes I teach is business and professional speaking, so it's almost entirely business majors, mm -hmm. and uh, most of them, whether they know it or not, at this point, uh, if they go into the, you know, you know finance or something like that, their first jobs out of college are probably going to be selling financial products or selling insurance or something, which you know perfectly honorable honorable professions, but their success in those fields. Uh, is going to depend in large part on their ability to get up in front of a group of clients or whatever and persuade them to 
purchase their product or invest in their, you know, company or whatever that might be. Right. And uh, it's all going to come down to presentation skills. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience in the corporate world, like you said? Yeah. So, and I've actually had uh, some folks that I used to work with come in and I was just thinking about uh, guest speakers because I've had quite a few students who want to, you know, want to open their own business, be entrepreneurs and, you know, be small business owners. And so I've had a couple of small business owners come in and say, just because you, you know, think it, you'll have the ping pong table and you'll get to do your own thing. Part of the idea is that you're going to be able to sell the product and sell your business. Um, so I've definitely had that. Yeah, but certainly from, um, and I was in a role where I did lots of training and, and sort of was, you know, up and talking in front of people. But as somebody who hired people in my career, I am able to sort of share with students, here's what I look for and here's what's right. going to set you apart. And so much of it has to do with communication and being able to translate. So specifically for people who are in more technical um, majors or imagine that they'll be in technical, maybe they're in accounting or engineering, uh, but really what's going to set you apart is the ability to sort of communicate across you know, some of those, right. some of those divides. And know your audience. You're going to communicate the same thing very differently to two different types of groups. Right. And right. we're living in an increasingly global society, so yep. uh, you need to be aware of things that you may say in casual conversation that you would think nothing of right. that may be offensive to somebody from another culture. Right. Those mm -hmm. sorts of things you need to be aware of. Some colleagues of mine actually just took a uh, business trip to China, and I think that culture in particular is one that has some very different business traditions than in a, the U.S., and you have to be cognizant of that, and you can really offend somebody fairly quickly right. if you don't know these, these things, or at least attempt to uh -huh. <laughs> know those things. And even, even different parts of the United States that... Uh, People have different ways of speaking in right. Florida as they do maybe in California or whatever. So. It always reminds me of, um, I actually never really watched the show, but I saw this clip from American Idol where it was they were in Louisville here. Uh, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And the guy said or something like, you all take said, care. Take care. Yeah. <laughs> and they took it as a threat. Uh, and that's just something we say around here, like, you all take care. Like, huh. you know, not that you need to look over your shoulder, but uh, just... Hope everything's right. Well, yeah, with you. no, I, I remember that. And an example I use: uh, I lived in Louisiana for many years. The grassy area in the middle of a divided highway, anywhere else, would be called the median. Uh, in New Orleans, they call that the neutral ground because <laughs> you know, 150 years ago, different neighborhoods sort of kept separate, but they would meet on a certain day of the week to conduct business and. They have these wide boulevards with that grassy area, and the sort of the tradition was there was no arguing or fighting, and that was the neutral ground, and that name has stuck ever since. So that's always one of the examples I tell my students in class. Right. And I, I teach business and professional communication uh, also, and so that's something I always talk about based on my experiences. Uh, not that you need to know all of those <laughs> details about different cultures, uh, but the idea of cultural humility. So. Uh, being able to ask the questions and having people in your corner. So that idea of diversity uh, in terms of your sort of personal board of directors is what I right. call it. Uh, but just knowing, you know, who you go to lunch with and who you're spending time with and who's going to stop and say, before you say this, let me let me educate you. Yeah. So. Right. Well, I, I really appreciate 
again, you all taking the time to, to speak with me, and I'm very thankful for what you do in teaching public speaking and communication skills, and I'm incredibly excited and glad that Pops Classroom has, sounds like, enhanced that in several yeah, ways, so. and that's our goal. So. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks.